superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's the Rich Eisen Show Basketball Podcast. We are in the thick of it. Round two is going strong. East and West Conference semifinals. Let's just get right into it, guys, because last night, John Morant, we have been talking about him kind of throughout the year. Uh, Adam, TJ, what's up, fellas? We've been talking about John Morant and uh, having a great year. He had a great, you know, borderline kind of MVP type year, but then... He missed a lot of time, and uh, TJ, as you pointed out, the Grizzlies were what something like seventeen and two or something. Oh no, they were like twenty-two and three or something. Yeah, they had a phenomenal record, kind of without him, which which hurt his case. He's probably not going to finish in the top five, but he is raising his level and his superstar status. He was most improved player uh, in the league this year, uh, which is something you know a lot of guys. LeBron kind of tweeted last night, took umbrage with because he was already. He was already considered a great player, and then he, and then he's having a great year. But you know, I think he kind of went from good to great, which, you know, you do improve in in, in a sense there and that. But last night, what John Morant did last night to even the series against Golden State, it's the stuff of legends. It's it's how you become an all time all time great. You do it in the playoffs. You do it when the whole basketball watching world is is tuning in, and to throw in forty seven. Uh, he did it late down the stretch. We saw how he closed out uh, the Timberwolves. Um, I just can't say enough about him. It's so fun to watch, and the league is in such good hands with all these young players. Adam, what did you see from Ja last night? Are you like me? Are you superstar status? Is he top 10 now? Yeah, Ja has arrived on the national level. You know, Memphis, throughout the season, they didn't get too much shine. They weren't really known in terms of uh, a TV audience. Not a lot of people watch them. And he's had to show in a big playoff game that he is that guy. He is a superstar. And I think last night really was his emergence on a national level. You know, basketball people know who he is, but he is becoming a household name now for just the casual fan who watches occasionally now. He was spectacular last night. He did everything that they needed to win. He he shot threes, which was a huge issue for him in the first rounds. I think he hit yeah. like more threes last night than he did in the whole series of the first round so you're right he was able to hit the threes drive to the lane at will his acrobatic finishes are, are special to watch and he really reminds me of of Derek Rose from 10 years ago that's the guy who I keep thinking in my head I, you know I went to a game in, in 2011 the Bulls Pacers playoff series and I saw Derek Rose take over that game at the end I think it was game one and it was so similar to the, to the way Ja took over last night 
And so it's really special to watch. I can't wait to see the rest of the series right now. Yeah, TJ, uh, Adam likens him to Derrick Rose. Does he remind you of Iverson at all? No, nah, I wouldn't say Iverson. That's like an easy comp people love to yeah. seem to be making. I, Little slender on, guy, guard. Honestly, I don't really know what the comp is for this guy. I've been watching and trying to figure out. And to add to what you said at the beginning about you know, doing it on the big stage and all that other stuff. Also doing it when everybody knows you're getting the rock. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah. thing you left yeah. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're doing it on this stage, everybody, know, but also like you're getting the ball. Right. And, right, right, right. you know, to, to watch this guy play, man, it's just really ex- interesting because I'm, I was trying to like do a thing where I like to do with athletes. Sometimes I like to go if such and such and such and such had a baby, it would be this person. Okay. So I tried to figure out who Jaws parents are. And Ooh. with his hops, Good I keep one. getting like the only guy that I can think of that was jumping like that with that much force is like I want to say Dominique Wilkins. When you look back at the way, but like, the, but they also have to be kind of smaller and small. Yeah, and so slender. Saying, Nick was six eight. So right, you right, got, right. I, I really don't know. What about Penny Hardaway? You see a little Penny Hardaway. Penny was in him? six seven two though. Yeah, right. like, well, yeah, I guess though. I guess he's kind of a, a smaller penny. I mean, I mean, slender I, I, frame, not super. I understand up or the Iverson, you know, comp because Iverson was small, but and the speed. Honestly, man, like with the hops that Jaw has, maybe the, a penny Iverson combo. Yeah, neither one of those guys had hops like this man. No, I, I, I seriously can't think of someone the the way he's able to get up off the floor and the control that he has and the distance. Like you remember that dunk he had yesterday where. There was a break, and Clay was under the basket, and Clay kind of just did an ole, like I ain't being on the poster. <laughs> John took off from the dotted line. Yeah. It's just like, so this dude's hops are, they're just incredible, man. And I, I really, I'm trying to figure out who he reminds me of. And I just, the way he scores, like he, his ability to get to the rack, and then the angles that he shoots layups from. Um, yeah. Just all the while, like I said, people know you're getting the ball. And you're still not stopping. And that's kind of the thing that he's really done the last couple of games against Minnesota to close out that series. The first two games against the Warriors. I mean, look at his numbers against the Warriors so far through two games. 34, 9, and 10 in game one. Missed a game-winning layup. You talk about the angles and the speed at which he's able to get Mm -hmm. to the basket. And then 47, 8, and 8 last night uh, in the win with three steals, 12 of 13 from the line, and five threes, which, Adam, you're right, he only had four in the whole series against the Timberwolves. He has nine in two games from deep. And he's going to have the Warriors. He's going to have to hit those threes because they're going to, to they're, gonna, they're to. gonna clog the lane in the next few games. You know the Warriors are gonna clog the lane yeah. as much as possible. They're gonna force Ja to hit those threes and they're gonna live and die by that. So he has to make those threes if they have a chance. Yeah and Desmond Bain has to keep shooting threes like that and, and Brooks who who may get suspended for game three, he's got to keep shooting threes from outside. Uh but to go back to Ja for a second, TJ, your point He's taking over the end of games. I mean, he scored mm-hmm. the last 13 straight. Uh, it was a game five against Minnesota, and he's getting the ball at the end. He's standing out there. I mean, he's letting the ball roll to half court. Yeah. Then he's picking it up, and then he's just doing his Attacking. thing. And you know he's going to the rim. You know he's going left. He <laughs> wants to go left. He wants to get to the rim. He wants to embarrass you yeah. with a dunk, uh, a dipsy do layup. Uh, a twirling 360 kickout pass for three. He is doing whatever it takes, and it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, this kid is special, man, and um, it is fun. 
It's fun to watch him. And and I think the reason, you know, when you talk about the next faces of the NBA, right? You it it there is a tendency to be smaller guys, I think, right? Because like with a Steph and with a Jaw, when you get the Giants, it's hard to relate to a seven foot, two hundred eighty pound man, especially for a kid. It's a lot easier to relate to when you see a guy. And by the way, Jaw's taller than all of us here. But (laughs) when you see a guy on the court and he looks like a little dude, I feel like that's kind of like kids kind of are drawn to him and he's got that hair and it's colorful and he can jump and he smiles and he's just he's fun he's, he's dancing for, he's high-fiving his yeah. dad on no, the sideline i gotta be like, honest with so you fun. i'm a little over the gritty i i can't it's just it's a funny looking dance to me and i'm not with <laughs> it better than that if that's the worst thing i can say about john morant is that i'm over the gritty then john morant's doing great like that's the, i had it was kind of like back in the day when you would talk about cindy crawford or tyra banks and you'd have to nitpick like oh well cindy crawford's got a mole when tyra banks has a big forehead like no you're you're, you're reaching yeah well, i literally so. once said about uh jessica alba that like i didn't like her knees I was like, I don't forget. It was one of those movies might've been the Dane cook movie. And we were talking about something, and I was just like, I don't like her knees. Yes, it's that's just like deal breaker. You have, you have something that's just you know so perfect I mean? in front yeah, of you. You yeah. just look so, I mean, honestly, man, Jaw is, man, it's just fun. It's fun to watch him. It's fun to watch this team. And like I said, for as much as I love the fact that their uniforms, those blue with the yellow. The sleeves and the socks. I am. How can they get it so right with those ones? And their white uniforms look like an AAU team. Like, they are the most <laughs> boring uniforms in at least the NBA, if not all of sports. Like, do something better with those white jerseys because uh, they look cheap. But the blue with the yellow, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm I think I that. think you're really on to something, Adam. It's like nobody's really – nobody pays attention to Memphis. It's in the middle of the country. It's not a big market. Um, they're not on prime time. I mean, they will now. I yeah. mean, next year they're gonna get. It. Oh yeah, yeah they, they had seven. Get, I think they had getting, seven prime time. They had games no this prime year. time mm-hmm. games. They're not on ESPN. They're not on Turner. And now with the playoffs, all the games are on the big on the big stage. They're all on the big the big TV networks. And now we're getting to see they're the youngest team in the NBA. Uh, they got a 22 year old super duper star. They got a great coach who nobody knows who what his name is. I I don't even know his name right now. And they're just really fun, and they're really exciting. They're kind of, kind of the new warriors, uh, so to speak. Well, that, that's that's why it's such a cool matchup because you have the the current superstar in Steph Curry, a future Hall of Famer, guys won three championships. And now he's going against the up and coming next superstar in John Moran. So it's an interesting dynamic to see those two players play against each other. It's Taylor Jenkins. See, I, I needed the voice of God in my ear to tell me <laughs> his name. But he's a member of the Bald Brotherhood. I should know. That's respect. I will, never for, I will never forget he his name. He looks like he's like a D2 coach, though. You know what I mean? He doesn't have like an NBA like look about him. I still think, and this is just a side tangent, I still think these coaches wearing the sweatsuits and the quarter zips and the I, I still I still don't like it. It's throwing me off. Agreed. I'm a casual guy in general, but I like to see the this the the coach in like an Armani suit. That looks nice. The one person I do think uh has made some styles. Eric Spolstra. He wears like the tight black heat shirt. Yeah. That looks like kind of chic, kind of cool. Snyder too had a nice. Yeah. Well, because they wear kind of a fancy belt, and I really and what and they still have like watch and maybe a bracelet or something. It still kind of shows off. Like I'm classing this up a little bit. All right, so we're talking about Jaw, and I, I texted you guys this last night. Back to back, we had two games in a row where a young superstar threw in 45 plus. Uh, I know they lost game one against Phoenix, but man, what Luca did in that game as well. This guy, 23 years old, 
Doesn't look like he works out. He'd rather be at the bar with his supermodel smoking hookah. And then he walks out on the court and it's like, oh, cool. I'm going to old man game you to death with all these up and unders and step backs. But Luca throws in, what was it, 45? 45, yeah. Five and seven or whatever it was. Oh, no. <laughs> 12 and eight. Sorry. 45, 12 and eight in a GD playoff game. Like, that is insane. Who, I'm just going to throw this out there and we can debate about it. Who are you starting your team with, Luca or Ja? Your general manager. I made you GM of the El Segundo Warriors. Go. <laughs> TJ, Ja or Luca? Oh, man. First pick? First overall pick. Redraft. Go. Oh, man, that is tough, but you're on the playground. Those two dudes are standing there. Well, here's the difference. If I'm on the playground, it's one thing for sure. Like, I'm definitely picking Jaw on the playground. Why? Just because his game, like, is fun. Luka doesn't have an exciting playground game. Oh, I know. Like, you just just got that saying. It's up and unders. It's old man moves. It's step backs. If you're, you're talking playground, that's excitement. That's like you don't go to a playground to go watch dudes. No, you're true. You're yeah, true. So, I, I guess I didn't mean to say yeah. playground. I was just trying to make an analogy. But, but I, I, if you're I, starting an NBA franchise, I guess if I if I make you Jerry West, I guess you're I, I guess I'm. Look, it's if you're making me Jerry West, I'm going to ask you if I can go sleep on it. That's a winning time you're not, reference. You're not, <laughs> you are not I, sleeping I, on this. I think I. Oh man, you ask me right now at twelve twenty eight. I'm going to say. Luca, you ask me tomorrow or even an hour, I might give you a different answer. But as of right now, I'd say Luca. I would pick Adam. I know your team, Luca, but are you going Luca over yeah, Ja? You know, I, I love Ja. He's a superstar. He'll be a top ten player eventually. But long term, I'm just thinking Luca, and I'm thinking long term just in terms of injuries because mm. Ja. I, I really don't want this to happen. I hope Ja has a twenty year career. But the way he plays is so explosive. He's always going to the rim and. In the back of my mind, when I see him play, I'm always worried he might get injured. And so in terms of longevity, I know Luka has been injured um, before, but I just think long-term his his game is more sustainable in terms of he doesn't really use his athleticism. He doesn't really have that much athleticism. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it, not yet. So that's what I'm concerned about. I think uh, I think Jaws is slightly a better defender than Luka. I think Luka gets you more rebounds in is a better distributor. It's it's very close, but if I had to pick one, I would ju- definitely pick Luca though. Yeah, Luca, as I tweeted out the other day, he is just he was uninterested in playing defense in game one against Phoenix. Uh he was just all about whatever he was doing. I mean he had twenty six in the first half and nineteen in the second. He was he was incredible in that game. Um but who do you have? But but they, but they oh. lost. Yeah. They lost. Who, who do you have? I think for the same reasons that you said I would take Luca. I'm wondering if John Morant is gonna eventually the way he plays right now is not sustainable no. for a 15-year career. It's sort of like Russell Westbrook. It seems like he's going 100 miles an hour at, at, at all times. And as we saw the last couple of years from Russell Westbrook, the numbers look great when you're just looking at him in black and white. But when you watch the game, you're like, he's just not the same guy. And so I'm wondering if that's going to be Jaws' path. I don't even want to think about that because it's that's a 10 years down the road question. I just want to enjoy his greatness right now, but I think Luca will have the better long-term career. I don't know. I think both guys can win MVPs. I think both guys can be the best player on a team that wins a championship. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, TJ? Yeah, but I think the problem with Luca is like he needs help, right? He 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 definitely has to have some help. Or and you and I were talking about this like after work yesterday. Is Luca the guy who? You know, we said Mark Cuban will never let him leave, but is Luca the guy who's going to 
pull a Dirk and be like, I'm staying here 20 years and not win? I mean, I, obviously Dirk won. I'm not saying that. But as it looks right now, this team, it's Luka, and I don't know what I'm going to get. You know, we, we talked about Jalen Brunson and how well he played when Luka was out in that first that first round against the Jazz. But, you know, Jalen Brunson scoring 25-30 game is not sustainable. Right. Just, he's just not that player. So it, it's all going to come down to who, you know, who Mark Cuban brings in to uh, help Luka out. I, I'm i not convinced he ends up staying there his whole career if he doesn't get that help. But you what, know, we'll what, if I, what if I ask you guys this? Uh, Adam, if these two players switched teams, who goes further in the playoffs, Dallas or Memphis? Like if Luca played with yeah. the shooters on Memphis. Oh, I think like Bain, I think Memphis, like Bain I think, and yeah. Brooks. I think you add Luca on Memphis, and they're a better team than with Ja, because Ooh. like you said, those shooters that he has around him, even Jaron Jackson has been shooting threes well. Yeah, that's true. And you have Bain. Bain hasn't been great in the first two games in terms of shooting, but that guy's a shooter. I think Luca makes that team just all around just a better team in general. So yeah, I'd say I'd say Luca. I think Ja would would maybe score more points. Even though he's scoring a lot now with Memphis, he could even go crazier with Dallas. But I think in general Luca would make the team better. Yeah, that makes sense. Think, like Tim Hardaway, Bunt, you know, Brunson, Dinwiddie, not bad shooters, but are they as good as Brooks and Bain? Maybe not. Uh and Jaron Jackson. Well, Hardaway's out though. Oh, Hardaway's out, yeah, yeah that's true. And and Jaron Jackson, he's made some threes, but he's definitely not a three point shooter. No, he's he, not a guy you. It's a like, weird form. Yeah, too. he's you yeah. know he was what three of set two of seven last game, and then he had six I think one game. But before that, I think he he combined. Well, I'm looking at it. He was a combined six of nine, twelve, like you know sixteen. So I guess that's not too bad. So whose supporting but, cast is better? To me, the better supporting cast is. Well, it's, defi- it's, it's definitely Memphis, Memphis, Memphis just because Memphis, we saw yeah. what they did when Jaw wasn't available. Like right, right. they yeah. won 22, 23 games without them. So, you know, what did you guys think about what Rich said today uh, when he was thinking about watching Jaw and then wondering what Zion was was thinking and feeling today? Because I'm I'm sure I don't know maybe Zion didn't watch the game, but surely he's kind of seen the highlights. Yeah, he's scrolling I, Instagram. Did you? Uh, did you give any you know, credence to that, or what did you think about what Rich said, TJ? Well, at first I was kind of like, why is Zion even, like, why bring him into this, right? And then after Kendrick Perkins, who called into the big show, kind of gave his thought. You know, my thing is this, and you said this before about job passing Zion and stuff, right? Mm. Zion missed the whole season, factual. There's no argument there. He's missed a lot of time, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, Zion is still a, he scored 27 points per game and I think seven boards last year when he played. Mm. So it's not as though we, we have a, a situation where Zion, when he's on the court, is not delivering. The guy's going out there, he's a, he's a highlight, he's doing his thing, he just didn't play this year for whatever, like the broken foot, maybe the weight, whatever. So I feel like when when you say that, it's almost like you, you you have to take the point of view that when Zion is playing, he's not being productive, and that is one thousand percent not the case. When he's available and he's on the court, he's putting in work. So you just kind of have to write this off as a you know he missed this year. We'll see what happens next year, but I'm fully expecting next year for Zion to come back and be that twenty five and eight guy again. 
I guess we all have kind of short memories, Adam. It's not unprecedented for young players to miss a lot of time. Magic Johnson had an injury early in his career, missed a lot of time. Uh, Jordan obviously had the broken foot, missed a lot of time, and then came back and averaged 37 a game, you know, the most we've seen kind of in a long time. Uh, did you? What did you think of what Rich said about wondering what Zion uh, thought about seeing the clips of Ja's performance on Tuesday night? Well, if anything, I think – Zion has to get motivated from what he's seeing. He grew up with with Ja. He was his peer. He was on the same AAU team as Ja. He has the potential to be that type of player as Ja. So if anything, I think from this playoffs, he needs to understand that he has a team that he can take to to the to the potential Western Conference Finals next year. That team is good. They have Ingram, CJ, all their young rookies. That's a good team that that they have to build Herb around. Jones. Yeah, uh, Herb Jones. Yeah, Herb Jones. Okay. Um, <laughs> Back then, they didn't want me. Okay. <laughs> nice. um, no, keep going. I'm not hot. They don't want me. <laughs> you guys know that reference. Anyway, um, no, but, but um, yeah, Zion, this is just has to be motivation for him. Bottom yeah, line, he needs, call, he needs yeah. to get in shape. He needs to do whatever he needs to do in terms of getting healthy. He needs to, to find whoever the best doctor in the world is for a foot. He needs to talk to that doctor. He needs to get healthy. He needs to get motivated because at this time next year, he can be in that exact same spot that Jaw's at right now. See, that, I mean, I think that's my problem, though. You say he needs to get motivated. And when he's on the court, I mean, look at the, the results well, that I the mean, man's mo- motivated in terms of, of getting in proper shape. I yeah, think- but I mean, like, all we're looking at is we saw a commercial all year. All we saw was him doing this commercial, and he looked huge, right? He looked like a D-end. But then we saw the video during the playoffs of them dunking, and it was just like, well, was he wearing a fat suit? Like... That dude looks in shape. So, again, like, I just don't think we could sit here and say he's not motivated or he, like, Jaws passing him by. He got hurt, which happens. It's basketball. He is a big man. Does he need to lose some weight? Yeah, I would say so because at six, what, eight, you don't want to be carrying around 290. Yeah. You know, um, a friend of mine was a guy named Danny Fortson who used to play in the NBA for about a decade back in, you know, the, the late 90s into the 2000s. And Danny was about 260 coming out of college in Cincinnati. He was lifted weights, big, strong. And then after his first year, we were hanging out, and he told me the one thing that he had to do was lose weight. He goes, because I didn't need to be as big as I was. He thought he had to be so big to go down there and bang with the Carl Malones and the C-Webs of, of the world. You know, those power forwards, Tim Duncan said he'd have to play against every game. But he realized... You know, he could still stay strong, but dropping his weight was going to give him more endurance. So I feel with Zion, yeah, he he definitely should. You're right. Needs to get maybe – and look, who am I to talk about proper nutrition? I'm going home and eating a bobbly after this. But, you know, (laughs) but uh, you know, then again, I'm not 22-year-old, like, wonderkin basketball player either. So I'm not worried about Zion – whatsoever i feel like if maybe if this motivates him cool i'm hoping to see what his team did in the playoffs is more motivation yeah. for him than anything that anyone else is doing and I'm, I'm looking forward to the comeback next year i think my man is man poster sales are going up next year just know that i think i think the pelicans also like adam you kind of put it out they're a team that could make the final four here you know like they have some really good young they're players close, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brendan Ingram kind of took the jump from what we thought he was with the Lakers and then, you know, just being shipped out for Anthony Davis in that trade. You know, people thought CJ was just going to go down there and kind of do whatever and then maybe angle for a move somewhere else. But he seems to like it down there. Didn't play well at the end of that series against Phoenix, but showed a lot of bright spots and he can still fill it up. 
and now Zion comes back fully healthy, look out. Why can't this team do what Memphis did this year and suddenly get the two seed? Yeah, absolutely they can. And I'm not doubting the way Zion plays. He plays hard. I've watched him since Duke. The guy puts it all on the court. So it's not even about him playing hard or being lazy. It's just in terms of off the court, just getting in proper shape. Also perception too, you know, perception is reality in sports and in so many aspects of our life. And, you know, the kind of perception is out there that he doesn't train hard in the off season. He's put, he easily puts on weight. What's going on with his family? Who's really calling the shots? And so I think if he gets out there, kind of shifts that narrative a little bit just by getting on the court, balling out the first, the first poster he Put someone on TJ, the first 35 point game. We're going to all forget about this last year. Yeah, I think so. Kind of all the narratives that. Uh, and again, bro, and you, like I said, you and I, we've had this conversation for months. I, I don't we feel, love Zion. We love I, don't, I, I don't want people to think we're slagging yeah, on him. It's, it's not a Greg Odin situation right, where, right, like, right. you know, and much respect to Greg Odin, another guy who could have had a, a very, very good career, but his body, you know, just didn't allow it. But even if Greg Odin had a, a decent career, you're always going to look at go. Look at it and go, well, Kevin Durant, though. Right. I feel as though Zion and Josh should keep that game. Yeah, they should be close. together. They should be yeah, neck and so, neck. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see. But I, like I yeah, said, we'll see. I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited for the future for both of those cats. All right. A couple of games tonight. Uh, game twos uh, Dallas and Phoenix. We talked a little bit about uh, Luka Doncic, but uh, TJ Sixers. Down one here to yeah. Miami. Game two coming up in a couple of hours. Here, hopefully, you guys can get a chance to listen to this before before that game finishes tonight. Uh, no Embiid, obviously. Yeah. What do you expect? Miami's an eight point favorite. What do you think about that game tonight, and what needs to happen for maybe Philly to kind of steal one? Well, for that one, let's be honest. You know, Rich was, I think, was trying to bait me during the show <laughs> yesterday about was I worried. And my my thing is right off the bat, we're the road team, game one of the playoffs. Statistically speaking, you're going to lose yeah, that you're game. Supposed to lose, yeah. Anyway, right? So. Now you have your MVP candidate who's out. So that's definitely a game that chances are you're not going to win. I feel like the Sixers, they hung in that game for 42 minutes. You know, the last six kind of got out of hand. But um, they played pretty well until about the middle of the fourth quarter. And we kind of got exposed because we didn't have Embiid. It's, it's going to be tough, obviously. But if we can, all I'm hoping for is just to get a split. Find a way to win the day. And I think Embiid comes back. You were talking earlier about why didn't he just play. And I was like, it's, I don't think it's so much the, the face injury. It's more the concussion. And they have to really be careful about that. So yeah. hopefully by game three, he can come back um, getting a split. Obviously, that's you know the, the best case scenario. But even down 0-2 going home, if he's back, I'm still going to like our chances. Because quite frankly... There's just no answer. He's an unsolvable riddle, Joel Embiid. So, what do you expect from James tonight? I mean, does he have another one of those forty-point games in him, forty-eight and eight, or something like that? Adam's looking at me like, "Yeah, what you thinking?" <laughs> I, 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 bro, I'd love to say it, but you know, something that surprised me. And I also love James Harden. I yeah, think he's which incredible. Is, the, the thing about Chris Brockman is <laughs> some of the people that Chris Brockman loves and dislikes, you would be like, wait a minute, you love him, but you hate him. It's very <laughs> weird. Um, but, you know, last week I brought up in on the show that, you know, we were expecting something different from playoff Harden. And I saw a few comments on Twitter and YouTube where I was just getting slammed, like, well, what has Harden done in the playoffs? And then I kind of took a step back because I didn't really look at the stats. But yesterday, Chris, you brought it up. You brought up his stats from the playoffs last year, right? Do you remember? 
Yeah. That, and it was just like he was averaging, what, 35 a game last year? In he the had play. a couple ridiculous games just last year before he got injured. Yeah, and- so I was, I was right, but people listening made me feel like I was <laughs> wrong about it. So, I, I mean, is he, can he turn back the hands of time? I don't know, bro, because the one thing about James Harden, he was great at getting to the, the line, right? Right, right, He's right. not getting to the line as much. He is quietly – He's a great ball distributor. Like he, his assists and things. But are we going to get the thirty-five point Harden game that we absolutely need? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not sure if he still has it in him. And I hope maybe somehow James Harden sees this and he takes offense to it and goes, "Let me show these guys." But I, I just don't know, man. We're, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see when when they get on that court. Last year, you know, in the first round, they beat Boston in five games. I mean, he had a forty-one, seven and ten. He had 34, 10, and 10 in the closeout. I mean, he averaged 11 assists per game <laughs> yeah. in, in that series last and I, year. And I brought that up, and I was told that I didn't know what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> and then he got hurt in game one you know, against Milwaukee and then tried to gut it out. I don't think he gets actually, Adam, enough credit for coming back and kind yeah. of gutting it out. That hamstring strain he had last year against Milwaukee should have put him out several weeks, and he, he, sure. he, he only missed yeah. three games. And – he was able to kind of come back and unfortunately Kevin Durant wears an 18 and a half and not an 18 or that could have been, you know, a different <laughs> yeah. story yeah, for them. For sure. But, you know, I just, I don't know. He just, he, he's on a, the longest stretch of his career without scoring 25 points in a playoff game, you know? So it's like, does he still have it? That's the kind of question we've been kind of asking for weeks now. I absolutely think he has it. And tonight's the night to, to prove it. He needs to score 30 to 40 points for them to have a chance to win tonight. Yeah. And so he has to, to understand that he's the number one guy right now. There's no Embiid right now. He has to take over like he was on the Rockets. This is his chance right now. Game two, you get the split. You've got the momentum going into Philly. So he has to have a big game tonight or else they're in trouble. Yeah, think about it. If Philly can win tonight, they've now taken home court. Like Miami's supposed to win. That's my whole point. Supposed yeah. to win both games. And that's kind of what you were saying. You know, that's what Milwaukee did against Boston. Uh, Golden State was able to do that with Memphis. They were able to get one of those games and get a split. So now they have the advantage. It's a best of five series. With you having the three home games. You know, even more so than that, right? It's kind of like you said 30 to 40. I don't think we necessarily need 40 points out of James just because the Sixers do still play good defense, right? But we need other guys to step up. You know, we're starting. And by Tobias the way. Tobias had a nice game in to, game one. Quiet has kept. Tobias Harris in the playoffs the last two seasons. I think he, last year, I think he didn't score 20 points two games the entire playoff run. He's almost like the most quiet 20-point scorer that there's ever been. You know what I mean? He had 27, and you're like, where, where did they come from? But we need other people. You know, and I, I love DeAndre Jordan as a former Clipper fan, but DeAndre Jordan starting right now in the playoffs in 2022. That's crazy. Kind of crazy. He only got 17 minutes, so that's fine. Yeah. You know, um, and he there's definitely things he can do out in the court, I think, that can help. But at this point you might as well just start Paul Reed and kind of like hope play small ball and hope for the best um I need I need Danny Green to continue doing what he's doing he missed a lot of Bruce Bowen threes and I call them Bruce Bowen threes which are the corner threes because just that's standing how Bruce, there all on that's how corner. Bruce Bowen ate for years he couldn't make a shot anywhere but from each corner Danny Green missed a few of those so I just need him to step a little bit Maxi you know he's doing his thing we just need someone off the bench, whether it's, uh, man, I don't even know. I'm looking at the bench, and I'm like, I don't know where the points are going to come from. Maybe Shake Milton, maybe Matisse. I don't know, but I think know, you need one of those. I think tonight you're going to need you're going to need 30 plus from Harden, also 10 plus assists. 
and you're gonna need a you're gonna need a great game from Maxi. Kind of what we saw yeah. at the beginning of the playoffs and kind of to end the regular season. You're gonna need one of those 27, 28, 30 point games from Maxi. But as the Heat he goes, they they very balanced squad. You know, you got Harrow yeah. coming off the bench. He yeah. had twenty five. You know, PJ Tucker had ten, which is you know any. I think any point you get over two from PJ, but he's making those corner three, corner three, <laughs> yeah. the corner three guy. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Butler only had fifteen. I mean, you're going to take that every day of the week. But guess what? Some point Jimmy's going to have twenty five, twenty seven. You have to deal with that. So Bam, without without Joe in the game, it's just like we got no one to body up Bam. So it's going to be tough. Um, it can be done though. It can be done. It's it's you know stranger things have happened in the NBA playoffs, but. I'm certainly not expecting it. Adam, you think the Heat win tonight? Yeah, I think the Heat win tonight and they win the series. What about Mavericks and Suns? Who uh, We got 2-0 Suns tonight, or does Luka steal one? I weirdly think this series is maybe going five games. Yeah, I was going to say that also. I just don't. <laughs> I think Dallas is just so overmatched in this series. Phoenix, although I will say Phoenix shot so well in game one. Mm-hmm. It'll be hard for them to shoot as well in game two. Well, don't they have something going right now, TJ? Did I see that stat where they have like eight, seven or eight straight playoff games shooting over 50%? Oh, they do? I did not Yeah, first that. time since the Lakers, I think, in the 80s. Like, it's crazy. They, they, it seems like I kind of said that watching the first half against in this first game. They shot 56% or something. I was like, oh, they can't keep that up. Then all of a sudden, at the end of the third quarter, they're up to 63%. Like, they really did shoot the lights out. Obviously, that. They're going to regress to the mean there, but I just don't know, like we've said before, I don't know if Dallas has enough firepower yeah, they, behind Luka. And even if, you know, from their wings, if they can match up. Right now, DeAndre Ayton's playing like, oh, yeah, I'm the number one draft Out of his pick. mind. And Dallas doesn't have anyone who can match up no, with him. You nobody. know, So, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. What did Ayton have, 25 and 8 25 or something in game and, one? Uh, 25, oh, let me, yeah, 25 and 8. Yeah. He was 7, 12 of 20, I think, from the field. So, Man, DeAndre Ayton, if that guy is pouring in. God, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the Suns had six guys in double figures yeah. in the first game. Six guys. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Well-rounded team. Like I said, they're well-rounded. They And they've been there. Like, this all started in the bubble, right? This all started, this run started in the bubble when they went 8-0 and didn't make the playoffs. But everyone was like, oh, Devin Booker's now a star. This team could go somewhere, and they've just been on a roll ever since then. So, look, good luck. <laughs> good luck stopping the Suns right now, man. They, they're playing well. Oh, yeah, here's that, here's that Suns stat real quick. The Suns shot at least 50% in their seventh straight playoff game, tied with the 86 Lakers for the second longest streak. The 84 Lakers did it in 10 straight games. Wow. 86 Lakers did not win the NBA championship, though. They did not. Oh, yeah, they lost to the Rockets. That's the famous Ralph Sampson where he's, uh, I think, no, on 80, the floor. 86, 86 was Boston. Boston no, but I'm saying the, the Lakers lost to the Rockets. Oh, yeah, they, didn't, they didn't make the finals in 86. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, talk about those Celtics real quick. What did you guys think of uh, think about that last night? Did you expect a bounce back like that? I kind of did after the way game one went. You know, I haven't uh, I haven't been giving the Celtics enough credit. Oh, you really? No way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I thought they would lose in the first round against the Nets, and they ended up sweeping the Nets. <laughs> so I was completely wrong with that. I thought they were going to lose again last night. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we we have a well, Marcus uh, Smart was out. I, I think that's very logical to kind of think that your point guard who's been playing really well this year and defensive player of the year. That's obviously a big loss. 
I mean, Brock, when you texted me and uh, our friend Josh, we have a little nice little gambling thread, and you t- you texted us uh, a parlay for the for the Bucks to win, or excuse me, for the Celtics to win, and the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies, and I just responded, "Bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> and no, that was actually a great idea that won you a lot of money. Yeah, that's so, what, that's an, that, that's what happens. So I don't know what to uh, think. Yeah. what to think with with these Celtics. It's and kind Bucks. of a, it's kind of been a weird first two games between these two teams. You know, Milwaukee. The defending champs, they got the best player in the league. Their second, you know, their complementary unit to Giannis plays really well. They know their role and they're really good at it. They have really good three point shooters. Connaughton, um, uh, Ted Craig, just keep calling Ted him. Ted Cruz. Grayson, Grayson <laughs> Allen. <laughs> and Brooke Lopez from the five spot is a, is a really good three point shooter. Bobby Portis is a really good three point shooter. You know, DiVincenzo, when he's healthy, is a really good three point shooter. Uh, DiVincenzo isn't on the team. Oh, he got, did he get traded? Yeah, I forgot. You said that last week. I meant to correct oh, you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Well, he was a part of their, you know, I know he got hurt in the playoffs last year, but he was a really good three-point shooter during the, during the regular season for them. But they've got their supporting parts, know their roles, and do them really well. And then that's what Boston kind of did this year. It just took them a few months to kind of get it going. And I know, look, I totally understand not expecting a lot from Boston. You look at their defensive metrics and all the fancy analytic stats that kind of favor them, and you're like, I mean, I've watched the games. Come on. Are they really going to be able to defend Giannis? Are they really going to be able to defend KD and Kyrie? Are they really going to be able to keep up this pace? Is Jason Tatum really a superstar? Jalen Brown has a good game one game, and then he has two bad games, and then he has three good games, but then he has three bad games. And I just think when they put it all together, you saw it last night, they're really, really, really hard to beat. Really hard to beat. They play really good team defense. And when Grant Williams is making threes and when Peyton Pritchard comes off the bench and hits a couple of shots and Grant Williams had a great game. Yesterday. Grant Williams is a really underrated player. He can hit that corner threes, another one of those corner three guys, and he plays really good defense. And look, it just comes down to how you want to play it. Do you want to let Giannis score 50 and stop the other guys or do you want to stop Giannis and make the other guys beat you? They kind of did that in game one and the other guys beat them. And last night Giannis didn't have a great game and the other guys didn't either. And it was kind of a blowout. I just don't know what to expect as this series kind of shifts to Milwaukee. It's, it's, it's really tough. I, I definitely think it's going six or seven games. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say six or seven. Also, uh, I was looking at the stats here. Let me look. I think, um, Brooke Lopez struggled big time last night here. He had only, yeah, Brooke, Brooke Lopez he only had two, had two points. That's yeah, not going to cut it for the Bucks. That's not going to cut it, and that's really outside of the norm for him. Yeah, I mean, that guy was great against the Bulls. He He's he's a guy that I would think will get you, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 points a game minimum usually, 10 rebounds, a couple threes. So he needs to step up in games three and four for them to take control. Of the uh, of the series, West Matthews didn't, didn't play that well. Holiday was only seven for twenty, so not not a really good shooting night. Giannis eleven for twenty seven, not a good shooting night at all. And you have to credit the Celtics defense for that for sure. The Celtics probably are the best defensive team in in the league right now. Yeah, and so it'll be interesting going into Game Three. I think the Bucks are going to come back and win um, Game Three, but yeah, I think it's going to be a tight series. It's kind of what we talked about too, TJ. About you want to get Philly to steal one tonight. Milwaukee got there, so now yeah. it's a best of five series. And they have the three home games. So it's just a matter of can Boston take one in Milwaukee and then, you know, setting up that game seven at yeah. home. You know, other thing, we, uh, we we spoke about this. It wasn't on the pod. It was on the the big show. But watching game one, right, 
And we saw the Nets and the Celtics, right? We saw Jason Tatum kind of ascend to where, as I said on the show, he's now on the list. You know, the list of who are your top 10? Who are your top 15? Without question, Jason Tatum's on there. And then there are people saying, well, Jason Tatum has surpassed Kevin Durant. He's done this, that, and the third. And then that game one with Giannis, right? Giannis was just that much bigger, that much stronger, that much better than everybody else. And it was like he was dominating the Celtics. And he made them look like they shouldn't have been on the same court with him. And yeah, he only had 24 that first game. But if you look at some of the moves, the block shots, just watching him out there, he's this dude is, I mean, legitimately, the Greek freak is a perfect name for this dude he's so big he's so strong and then after game one he's saying how like he doesn't feel good unless he feels beat up during the game so he went (laughs) from a guy who was you know 610 probably a a yard and a half 150 190 pounds i know that's a big discrepancy there to now he's 610 611 what is he 240 250 240 just you know of swoleness and this dude's looking to body you, man. He's looking to put it on you, and uh, he's hard to stop. And good luck to anyone trying to body this man up, man, because you're in for a long night. What I can't stop thinking about Giannis is is that those Oreos he eats. And first off, I don't know how. He, I mean, I love Oreos as much as the next guy, but man, that's so many Oreos. That's so many Oreos. He's 27, and it feels like he's not even close to realizing. How good his he is. full yeah. powers and what he's fully capable of on a basketball court. I can't stop thinking about that. If you look at most players, Michael Jordan, Shaq, they didn't really enter their prime until they were like between the ages of like 28 to 31. That, that, those were the prime years for those guys. And so to think that Giannis is still just 27, the next three to four years can really be his absolute prime after the fact that he's already a multiple time MVP award winner, won a championship. He won a championship at 27. Jordan didn't win his first one until 28. So it's scary to think what's going, what's going to happen. It's really scary. And you're right. I mean, that makes sense too, because you know, a lot of these guys, right. You're getting by on your supreme athleticism, right? You have otherworldly athleticism when you're young, but you still don't quite mind you. There's a few guys who don't, who do, but you still don't know how to play the game the way to take your game to another level. Right? So now that these guys, like they dominate physically when they're younger and now, like you said, they get 27, 28. Now they get it. They understand like they've got the routines down. They know what they can't and can't eat. They know like, all right, you know what? I got a three game stretch. Maybe I'm going to like take it easy for a couple quarters. Like they've got all their tricks in their bag and you're right. So once you get in that league, your athleticism might go away slightly, but your IQ and everything else about your game is just upped. So yeah, it makes sense what you said. You know who I think, you know who I think about when you talk about that and you say those things, Anthony Edwards, this dude is 20 years old. Yeah, Just he's 20 years old and look at the things that Anthony Edwards did this year yeah. and in the playoffs this year. Think about he's three years younger than Ja and look what we're talking about when it comes to Ja and Luca. Mm-hmm. When Anthony Edwards finally oh figures it all out. When Anthony turns at 25, 26 year old. Bleep. Yeah. Like we're talking MVP where he could average forty a game if he felt like it. I, I just I, I love watching Anthony Edwards too, but but back to Giannis. Obviously he's the best player in the league. I expect Milwaukee to, to push Boston and Boston to push back. I expect this to go seven games. It's going to be 
a really, really, really fun series. Um, what's the other one we we haven't talked about? Did we talk about all these guys? Got them all. Grizz Warriors. Sons I feel like Mavs. we got them all. Sons Mavs. Yeah. We agree that's going five, maybe. I'll just say this: that it really sucks for the Warriors that Gary Payton the second is probably out for the season yeah. because that's a huge loss. He's been great this year. Great defender. Great spark plug off the bench. He was he was great in game one in critical minutes. And so I still think they'll win that series, but but that's just a huge loss, and I feel bad for him. He's so, such a, a hard-working player, and for it all to to happen like that down the um, down, on, I wouldn't say it was a, a necessarily dirty per se, but just yeah. it was kind of it was unfortunate what happened. Yeah, I kind of disagreed with uh, Kendrick Perkins, who's on the big show today, and, and Steve Kerr. I mean, look, you can't anticipate a guy still ascending while you're coming through to try to block a shot. I mean, he didn't mean to hit him in the head it didn't look like any of it was intentional it's just unfortunate and he didn't know when he went up there that he was going to fall and hurt himself and I think we're kind of all reacting because he got hurt and he is going to miss the rest of the season and uh you know that's too bad but I also say this like you know having never played in an NBA game when I have Chuck Charles Kenny now Perk and Steve Kerr and they're all kind of echoing each other's sentiments you know Maybe there is a code that we don't know maybe. of. And, yeah, maybe. And, you know, he did kind of, you know, if you're the only thing about old school wrestling, there was a wrestler named Nikita Koloff who hit you with the Russian sickle, which was a clothesline. And that's what it looked like yeah. yesterday, him just coming back and cocking him in the head. It just, it sucks that's to true. see it. You hate to see it. I, 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 me personally, in my heart, I'm hoping he didn't do it on purpose. Right. But I've got all these guys, former players in the league, and they're saying what they're saying. So I, I'm going to tend to lean to, you know, maybe. But I'm hoping that wasn't, you know, uh, you know, just yeah. something he did on purpose. And I don't think that it was. All right, let's finish up real quick uh, with some winning time. We're we're almost to the end, boys. Unfortunately, uh, which, one more nine. episode. I can't right? be- I can't believe it because I've had so much fun watching this show. We've yeah. enjoyed talking about it every week. It's so fun to tune into and rewatch a couple of times. Uh, so we got one left. So episode nine last week. We're kind of breezing through the basketball season on this show. What have what did you guys what's your thoughts on how they've kind of handled uh the basketball aspect of it, TJ? They're just kind of ripping through it. We're, we're, it looks like we're yeah, we got the finals coming next week and we barely saw any of the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. Because when when you have a show like this, right, the hardest thing that you're gonna do are your basketball scenes. It's just That's impossible. True. That's true. So yeah, it makes sense for them not to spend a tremendous amount of time recreating basketball games. You're like the way they're doing it is fine. You get a couple minutes because you know, obviously these guys most of these guys aren't gonna look <laughs> like true ballers, except for the guys who are playing. So I understand that you want to focus because one thing's for sure. One thing is undeniable, Chris and Adam, is that we can go and we can go on Google and we can see the game stats, right? You can see when the games, right. see how the season played out. So we know that. So the, the purpose of winning time, I feel, is everything that, you know, before they step out in the court, which they're doing a job handling. And, you know, and, and this one was tough because it was the moment where, you know, Dr. Buss realized his mom. He was going to lose his mom, and yeah. that you know, and I think you know, all of us were mama's boys, yeah. you know, and I and so I feel like we all kind of probably felt a certain way about that. So that was tough to kind of watch, mm-hmm. and you and you know, and it was cool just to see like him have those moments with his mom. Where they was that the country club that they broke into? I think so. No, no, I, no, I think it was an, uh, a famous. Uh, 
oldest state in Hollywood. Oldest, okay. And well, oh, okay. And I'm not a hundred percent sure, that but I'm pretty sure that later in his life, Jerry Buss bought that estate. Yeah, because I'm he pretty told, sure that's he what told happened. his mom he's like I should buy it. So I, I didn't know what it was, but I just knew that when they were young, when he was younger, and they didn't have any money, they'd sneak in there and go swimming. So I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Um, yeah, I like that. The Spencer Hayward part, you know, that was you know that was hard to watch to see the guy, you know, because addiction is so rough. So seeing someone who like you know was there and 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 made it and then just kind of succumbed to his addiction that was kind of tough to to watch and Woody Harrelson cool does a great with, job with playing him, him with him and Kareem that yeah. was really powerful man like yeah. i don't know if that's true that they did a team vote or anything but then Kareem being the the final yeah, it was final like, vote there and like kind of I was you know, the deciding vote vote yeah obviously he didn't know this the you know Spencer Haywood didn't know that while he was talking to Kareem he kind of made it seem like you know they voted him out, and then you know Kareem was like, "No, basically it was me." Yeah, that was that was pretty powerful. I and couldn't the, believe that. The, before we move on further in this, to touch on what you just said, Adam, the estate that the Bus family breaks into is the famous Pickfair Mansion in Beverly Hills, and prior to Doctor Bus buying it, which he did at a probate sale in 1980, uh, it was home to actors Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford, and it served as a home for Buss and his four adult children from his first marriage until 1986. Oh, and, wow. Uh, then he sold it to Pia Zadora, who was an actress back in the day. Oh, yeah. And it got demolished in 1990. So. Oh, so it's not even there anymore. Yeah, even I wonder what's in its place right now. That's kind of interesting. Uh, what else did you think about this episode? Kind of high on drama this week. You know, uh, yeah. the final, the other part of it was Dr. Buss kind of figuring out Who's, Who's going to be the head coach? Yeah. yeah, as we go down the stretch here, and you kind of see like how Jerry West, like I said, it, the seeds were planted early, but you're now really starting to see like what his job is. Like he's evaluating, and he, when it came down town to who's the coach, man, it was just like he slept on that. He that decision ate him up, yeah. and you know, so you can start to see where Jerry West now he's like as an evaluator and how he got to be, you know, his second career is, you know doing what he did and help architecting those great teams. Yeah, Adam, I think that really happened, too. I don't think it happened as it did, but there was something in real life that played out where Dr. Buss uh, went to Jack McKinney and Jack didn't recognize him. I think that was something that really happened. Maybe not how it played out specifically in the show about, you know, because it looked like Jerry Buss was going to the house to give him the good news because as they kind of set up, Jerry does things with his heart sometimes instead of his head with mm-hmm. what he should do. And so he was going to give the team back to Jack McKinney. And then Jack kind of didn't recognize him at the door, thought it was like the mailman or something, yeah. signing for a package. That's like, whoa, you were going to give the Lakers over to that yeah. guy? Probably not not the best decision. And you could see, I think there was that scene in the locker room in the in the, uh, in the the tunnel when Jack McKinney looks like he like was disoriented he was and he like, fell to the ground. Yeah, and then yeah, the security yeah. guard was like, do you need help? And the exit sign was like literally right there. So you could see his marbles weren't there at the time. In terms of, we talked about earlier, in terms of the basketball stuff, it is tough to uh, to make it look real. A criticism I have, and it's fun to watch, but it is a criticism, every basketball player for the Lakers is an alley-oop. Have you guys <laughs> noticed that? Every, it's like, I, like I, ha- I, get, I have noticed that. I get yeah. that they, they yeah. did some alley-oops back in the day, but they did a lot more no-look layups and no-look dunks and... It, every play doesn't have to be an alley oop. That's that's maybe me nitpicking, but but it's it's something I, I have noticed. And yeah, I wish they would. Sh- it is tough though. I wish they would show a little more basketball, like yeah. what you were saying. It's tough. I don't really need the basketball though, I because, like I said, tough, it's though. like you're not like 
you're going to get these actors who can't. Re- and then, yeah, I don't know. The basketball scene is really tough to shoot. So I, I'm okay with limiting it in my personal opinion. I thought also that they did a good job showing the uh, the reaction of Jerry Buss in terms of the team just won the Western Conference Finals, and but his mom his just mom. died. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like that thing he's been working so hard for. Yeah. He's been desperate to win. He's put all his effort into that. And the moment is kind of tainted because his mom just dies. Yeah. That sucks for him. Very sad. And yeah. also, you know, the the way that the episode ended, right, where you had Kareem and you had this idea of, like, Kareem was standoffish and aloof and Magic came in and they had their little skirmish earlier on. But, like, as the episode ended, he walks into the gym and there's Magic trying to, you know, practice the skyhook. And Kareem's like, well, no, if you're going to do it, I'm going to show it, you. Do and, it this way. And he had a whole metaphor about the big man and the skyhook. And it was just really dope to yeah. see. And to this day, it's the greatest weapon in sports. I think maybe now Steph's three-pointer, you could put it up there. But, you know, Steph can hit a three-pointer from, you know, half court. So it's not like anyone can go do that. But if you're big enough, you should be able. To, and that's why I've never understood how big men don't try to master that shot. But. You know, that was just a cool moment where those two had, and it was just like, all right, they're coming together and they're going to work it out. And we, we all know, you know, what the end result was. Well, we know what happens. Was. And so speaking of the basketball, I'm really curious to see how they how they do this because Kareem did have one of the most amazing game fives in NBA Finals history. Mm-hmm. He does get hurt, but he leaves the game, comes back, and kind of a really heroic game to, to win it, yeah. to set the Lakers up to be able to win in game six. Obviously, we know... Kareem doesn't play, and Magic has his and, famous. And then Magic has maybe Magic the greatest center, game of all time. And that kind of really explodes him into yeah. being kind of the man for the next decade for for LA. So I'm really I'm really the next curious decade? to see for the next fifty years. Well, I'm saying in terms of basketball <laughs> yeah. for the next decade, but yeah, uh, the next thirty years of his life. And uh, to where now he is a world-renowned tweeter. Okay. <laughs> oh Best tweeter of all time. Best tweeter of all time, Magic Johnson. I can't get over Magic's <laughs> tweets. But I, I hope they handle the game six kind of the way they should because yeah. it is one of the all-time great moments in NBA history, what Magic does in that game. So For sure. we'll see what happens. All right, that's going to do it this week. Enjoy the games, everybody, and uh, we will see you next week. Go Sixers. Where we'll talk hoops and we'll talk the season finale winning time. Thanks for watching. Peace out. Later. Later. Later.